welcome. This particular channel will be devoted to reviewing 2023. One day at a time and a week per episode. If you feel like sharing anything, by all means, that's what this is for. And if it's related to any of the discussed topics of the episode, all the better. That's what this podcast is all about. So please come find us on Instagram on Let's Review with Layla and You. I will be dropping promotional posts accompanying the episode to start the conversations. And give y'all a place for some reciprocation. Okay, so let's kick off episode 4 with Monday, January 16th, also known as Blue Monday. Some Noflip says, difference between rich and poor has widened yet again. Shocking. Not. They say that every single year, and every single year I'm like, uh-huh, is this news? It should be. Is it gonna change? Doubtful. Maybe we should get on that. Extreme inequality in the world has increased yet again. One in ten people are starving. One in ten. The extremely wealthy receive 63% of all newly acquired wealth, while only 10% of the wealth ends up with 90% of the world's population. So 90% of the world's population has to make do with just 10% of the acquired wealth. No matter how many mathematical algorithms crap shit you throw at that equation, that's unfair. The number of billionaires and their wealth has doubled in the past decade. And I cannot say this often enough, trickle-down economics is the greatest con they've ever pulled. And keep pulling. And it just it keeps going. Along those lines, the World Economic Forum, the five-day gathering of world leaders, scientists, businessmen, and activists, begins today in Davos, Switzerland. One of the major topics of conversation is combating climate change. Also something we fail to do, decisively anyway. More than 2,000 heads of government, business people, and international representatives gather. This year's theme is collaboration in a fragmented world. Oh, they have a theme, like a prom theme! Hmm. Most of them came by private jet and 53% of those private jet flights were shorter than 750 kilometers. That could have been easily traveled by car or train. So... <laughs> The major topic is climate change, and that is how you start. Can anyone spell hypocritic? Hmm. 38% of the flights were even shorter than 500 kilometers. Huh. Alright, on to more happy global news. After the Russian invasion of Ukraine, Sweden and Finland applied for NATO membership. Yeah, smart move. Although, what does NATO actually do? I mean, honestly, I'm a little surprised about how the response has been after Russia invaded you. My understanding was that NATO would have put a stop to this. That that was the whole fucking reason NATO was founded after the Second World War. To prevent something similar from happening. And yet, it's been almost a year. And Ukraine is being decimated. I mean, look at Assad in Syria. He's been going at it for 10 solid years and we've seemingly forgotten. Disappointing. And of course, also, let's not forget the genocide that's still going on in China that everyone just fully ignores. So as I previously mentioned in another episode, the horrors that are happening in Afghanistan, where people are choosing, as far as it's even a choice to begin with, to donate organs in exchange for food, money, to survive. Just a lot of shit happening on this planet that's being, in my eyes, allowed to happen, where we could do such incredible and great things. I mean, we've got idiots shooting up rockets for fun because they have this childhood dream of becoming an astronaut and instead of i don't know doing the actual work they just spend a shit ton of money and instead they could have used that money to combat poverty famine fossil fuel dependency cure fucking cancer <laughs> she's all with a lot of ego it feels to me and choice bad 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 choices we have the technology now we're just lacking the humanity i think maybe i wonder what y'all think <laughs> Russia and China are so powerful that they seem to be able just to get away with anything and everything. So, again, I reiterate, what exactly do NATO and the United Nations do? Other than maybe, like, what, wag a finger? I'm sorry, just, it baffles me. It annoys me, it pisses me off, and it saddens me greatly. A lot of emotion. 
Here's another topic that greatly engenders a lot of feelings in me. The British government is going to veto a Scottish bill that would make it easier for people to legally change their gender. The ministers are concerned that the bill is contrary to legal equality. Okay, equality for whom? Because in my eyes, this would actually help with that. But okay. Why do you have such a stifling hold on gender identity? Hmm. As long as that is going to be your focus, you are just on the wrong side of well everything. I believe that if you were truly content and happy with who you are, you would not focus on denying anyone anything. As our government, it is your job to help uplift and create a safe environment where everyone is allowed to thrive to the best of their ability. And I usually find a great rule of thumb is, as long as you are not actively hurting someone, who gives a noodle? <laughs> The only reason I can think of for shoving someone in a box is some way, somehow, it makes you feel superior? Why else for ever-loving fuck would you give a shit about how someone identifies? Because how someone else identifies doesn't threaten me, doesn't concern me, doesn't in the least worry me. Instead, what else could possibly concern me is how someone behaves. And that has nothing to do with how someone identifies. Just FYI. Therefore, this continued concern about how someone identifies is a waste of time effort, not to mention none of your fucking business. So how about instead you refocus all that time and energy that you're wasting on this little nugget goes on something that does actually concern me, could possibly impact me. Just off the top of my head, something like misogyny, learning the meaning of the word no, and the importance of consent. Focus your energies on that, please. Then on to Dutchy news. In my country, they are starting to use ChatGPT more and more and it slips past teachers more and more. That is because the existing plagiarism detection is powerless against this particular app. ChatGPT generates texts itself, which cannot be found identically elsewhere. Thus, the plagiarism detection tools that exist now are meaningless in tracking down plagiarism. I mean, on the one hand, you can commend them on working smarter, not harder. On the other hand, oi, that's dangerous. This way you may pass your classes, but you don't in any way, shape or form learn what your class was actually trying to teach you. Since when became learning something new a threat? Now that sounds like a learning disability to me. And it really is considered a threat. A friend of mine the other day told me about a teacher that got a complaint filed against him in college. And I was like, oh my god, what did he do? What happened? And she said he dared to ask someone's opinion in class. For them, that constituted an unsafe learning environment. Excuse me! Asking someone's opinion about something has feels like a threat to your safety? What lily-livered children are we raising here, people? Because someone, I don't know, might disagree with you? Since when is that a threat to your safety? For me, it seems like people have elevated convictions and belief systems and severity to the point that it constitutes your identity, your worthiness as a human. In disagreeing with someone, you apparently are attacked, their right to exist, their worthiness as a person, and thus it elicits great emotional response to the point of death threats. That exorbitant, no? I mean, debating is healthy. It's learning from each other. It's, it's gaining new perspectives. It can alter the context in which you place the current information that you hold to be true. I always see it as gaining knowledge as a win-win situation. Either one, it confirms what you already hold to be true and thus strengthens your position or two it shows you that the information that you currently hold to be true apparently is not entirely accurate or at the very least incomplete so then you've learned something new and you can thus now be more accurate instead of remaining stuck in i have to be right i always have to be right because everything i believe needs to be right otherwise i am diminished as a person 
think this also plays a part in the way that we've apparently become, on a large scale, incapable of disagreeing respectfully. Because you can disagree on all sorts of things and still treat each other with respect. That development greatly scares me. When you can't even respect each other, there's nothing to build on. And thus we become more and more divided. And that kind of sums up our current society. I mean, the only real reason to actively stop someone or limit someone is when they hurt someone else. As long as someone's truth doesn't infringe on other people's rights or liberties, what the fuck is your problem? I think this is something as a society, as humans, we need to work on. Because we all have opinions, we all have thoughts, we all have feelings about every single thing that we see, hear, experience. Life is experiencing. It either strengthens your resolve and your current held beliefs, or it shows you a different way. And you can choose if that's something that aligns with how you want to live your life, who you want to be. Or that you say, well, you know, it's not for me, but God bless. Live and let live and all that jazz. Respecting each other, sharing space with each other, space to be shared is not limited. It's not like there's only this amount of room and when I allow your opinion to enter the room, I thus am diminished. No, there's no cap on it. Same with love. You can never receive enough love. A person can never be loved too much by too many. No. Okay, it's very dangerous how you interpret that. Because there are- Well, that's not entirely true. People label shit love that is not love. That's possession and control. That's not love. But you can never have enough people in your life that love you, that give you their love. I hope that comes across as how I intended. Then on to personal news. Today was Blue Monday, huh? Yeah, I'm feeling blue, alright. Lordy. I'm two weeks away from leaving my current job. I am nowhere near where I should be. And they continue to keep piling shit on my plate instead of taking or allowing me to take stuff off of my plate. People just do not listen, do not respect your boundaries, keep pushing. Basically, from the entire time I worked here, I was unable to perform my duty. I mean, they wouldn't even provide me with the basic necessary tools for me to perform this function. I was just winging it. Going through my personal archive back home and trying to modify them while I was working with the kids. I had to resort to Google to try and find just the smallest tool that I could use in treatment diagnostics of any kind. Out of the question, because that shit, unfortunately, is not free on Google, even if you know where to look. And this went on for at least eight months. But at a certain point, I realized that I was part of the problem by staying. Because in staying, I allowed them to keep treating people this way. I will try every single thing. I'm <laughs> I'm not a quitter to the point that, it, you know, I may need to learn to bow out gracefully. That's still a skill I need to require. I realized I needed to walk away. And I should have done that months ago. I also realized that. But, you know, 2020 hindsight. My other co-worker has now officially declared that he too will be leaving. He's done. We are seriously understaffed. People have to wait up to a year to get help to even get a referral for diagnostic assessment. That is not normal. Parents, companies are incessantly calling us angry and honestly, I can't blame them because we are chronically understaffed. When we warn you about dangers, about the quality of care being in danger, you just say, well, it is what it is. No, that's you playing victim while you're the one that dictates policies and execution of those policies and the amount of people hired to execute your policy. You're choosing this situation. You choose for us to be held accountable, to be held responsible because our name, our faces are connected to all of this. Just want us to focus not on quality of care, but on wrapping it up as soon as possible, usually by just giving people their way to make them go away. Even when we, from our professional opinion and ethical code, are 
bound to give people the best quality of care that we know and we are able to give. And for so long, I've tried to maintain my professional and ethical code, but every single time I felt it got infringed upon, we kept getting forced to take on more shit than we could handle, that we said that we could handle, and our entire quality of care was just subpar. And that got to me, because I know I should do better, I know I can do better, and I was unhappy, people were unhappy, everyone was just unhappy. If there's ever a clue to change what you're doing, that should be a big one. But no, they just kept pushing, 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 and now I'm leaving, and apparently so is one of my coworkers. And we shall not be the last. That'll decide that enough is enough. A quote by Ed Fuck Patriarchy. It is 2023, and still men don't understand the concept of tell a girl if all you want for her is sex and don't pretend to want more. And their dumbass response is, okay, but then they say no. Surprise! Women are allowed to say no to you. Shocker! They choose who they allow access to their body. Oh my god, I know, wild concept. Oi, are people out there? And I mean, yes, including us lady people who do also just want casual sex. Don't trick someone who told you I want more into thinking that you will give them more if all you're after is sex. There are plenty of people that are just fine hooking up, booty calling it, fuck buddies, absolutely have fun, throw nuts, just stop lying to get what you want always gets me. The whole game, con, basically, instead of just two people looking for a connection. A truthful, based on honesty, connection. It's strictly sexual or romantic or platonic or just any kind of relationship. Friends with benefits, fuck buddies. And a Gatsby so beautifully stated, knowledge is power, ignorance is a cage, and feelings can be dealt with. And yes, I'm aware that she said that in an entirely different context. I just want the truth. The whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God. By withholding information, whatever the reasoning is, usually shit like that comes out one way or another. I mean, don't even get me started on faking orgasms for whatever reason just don't <laughs> just don't comes back to do you want to be accurate in your information or do you want to be right and i know yes several people who say i would much rather tell you that they're enjoying what you're doing than tell you that it's not comfortable or a little to the left but that's just your ego talking isn't it deep down all we both want to have a good time and to be able to have a good time you would want that person to tell you what works and what doesn't and what they like and what they don't i think there's a main core belief a lot of us have that it's very limiting that if you're not immediately expert level performer that that somehow diminishes you as a person if you just bring yourself into the relationship be it just a sexual one a romantical one platonic one there's actually something to build on i've learned you can let that go let your ego go it's not threatening it's liberating and you can form true connections true bonds make a true love connection Another by healing and CPTSD, or a repost actually from John Psychologist. If you are not mad at them for abusing me, don't be mad at me for telling my story. Indeed. All goes back to accountability. Somehow people seem to not want others to have a place to tell their story and focus their anger on the survivor and not on the perpetrator. That is also something in our society I think we really need to stop and hold people accountable that do that to others and say that that is not okay. Someone should have the ability the freedom, the platform to share their story because it's their story, it's their experience. And if that challenges a belief that you held about someone, especially someone in a place of power, someone that you held in high esteem, celebrity, that is your issue to deal with. <laughs> 
we have this whole saying of don't shoot the messenger, but oftentimes exactly what we do because they are the person that forever changed how we saw someone, someone that we held dear, but it's not their fault or their responsibility. The person that did the deed is the person that's supposed to be held accountable. Seeing how prevalent this behavior is on a lot of different levels, I'm gonna dig a little deeper into this. Bear with me. Oftentimes what you see is that people expect that their experiences with someone are universal and that everyone has similar experiences. So when some person that you knew to be loving and kind and funny turned out to be physically, sexually abusive asshole, that causes a little short circuit in the brain and understandable, you know, normal human denial ain't just a river. It's the first step in mourning a loss and you are mourning a loss. The loss of who you thought that person was. But you're supposed to continue going through the cycle of mourning. A lot of people get stuck with the second phase, anger. And that oftentimes is directed at the person that broke the illusion instead of the person responsible for the illusion to be broken in the first place. And the worst part to me is that that kind of behavior actually seems to be encouraged by society. I mean, I remember those Jerry Springer episodes where there was this dude and he was cheating with and then the girls would attack each other and everyone would be just cheering and I know the whole female pitting against each other. Something we need to work on as a society. I watched that and thought, uh, excuse me, wasn't he the one that you were in a relationship with? Why are you taking it out person that they cheated with? I mean, if they knew that the dude was in a committed relationship with someone else, that's their issue. That just tells you a whole lot about that person they need to work on. Otherwise, you do not go for an unavailable man. And two, why are you fighting over his cheating ass? Do you really want to be with a person that breaks his promises that way? To a person that at least at some point in time they claimed to love? Do you really want to be with a man that just clearly showed you instead of owning up, taking accountability, and be authentic in who they are, how they feel, and what they do, than to being a spineless cheating asshole? I always like this particular phrase because it's gender neutral, and we all know that everyone of every single gender identification is capable of cheating. Seeing that we all have assholes, this can apply to everyone, so feel free to use it where it applies, of course. <laughs> With the whole cheating thing the way I see it, as long as your partner is in the dark on what's happening, you have one-sidedly decided that the entire foundation that your relationship is built on from this moment on is a lie. Just the fact that your partner is not aware of that yet, it changes everything. Just because someone doesn't know it doesn't make it magically disappear because no matter what, you know it. And either consciously or subconsciously, that filters through your thoughts, your behaviors, and the longer that you lie about it, shame someone's trust in you, that is something that you cannot easily make up for. So do you want to do the hard work right now and build on it? Or do you want to live a lie, have it catch up to you one way or another, then having to use years, decades even, to make up for something that you could have spent building some trust? It's very easily given, but once you've lost it, it's not easily regained. Instead of having to tackle that which you're lying about and the effect that you're lying had on the relationship, how much easier would it be to just talk about it now instead of disconnecting going out on your own and making shit worse because then you had to tackle two things where there was one and it can be with the best intentions and in your head even the most honorable intentions that's bullshit that is your brain trying to convince you to take the presumed easy way out because if we are anything we are experts at lying to ourselves 
in experiencing and seeing it happen again and again around me if you admit that you're struggling the relationship at least has a chance anything is better than cheating or lying or hiding shit only thing that does is adding insult to injury that either directly or indirectly influences your well-being the family's well-being what you're doing to your spouse to your partner to your children that will forever change how people view you so there also is a lot of collateral damage you yourself might not even know what you're feeling only that you're feeling something that's confusing say i just need a little time i need a break and possibly figure some things out that for some reason are or have become unclear to you communication is key and as all friends fans will know if you decide to take a break how important it is a mutual agreement because if even one of you is unclear on the qualifications and duration of that break it'll haunt you forever just ask ross Oh, maybe you discover that your partner has doubts and you opening up about it helps them opening up as well because you're not in this relationship alone it's a two-way street you can go to relationship counseling you can get your own counseling you can talk about it with some friends but then at least your partner isn't blindsided and you're less likely to act as a jellyfish as assholes without a spine just please for the love of all things holy don't avoid it by doing stuff that you will regret that impacts your children your loved one because that is a slippery slope because undoing a hurt can be impossible can take years decades forever well not forever it'll feel like forever just respect yourself and respect the people that you claimed to love at least at some point in your life put on your big boy panties take accountability for your thoughts for your feelings and take accountability for your behavior because if you do that you can say hey i'm human i made a mistake but we're all human we all make mistakes and it's a lot easier to forgive someone's thoughts and their feelings as long as they haven't acted on it if that act would hurt you because then it's a double whammy it's the whammy that oh my god you thought that really and oh my god you acted on it for real that is a double whammy and now i want to listen to the wham song sorry <clears throat> squirrel I do firmly believe once a cheater, always a cheater, specifically if that person never ever addresses why they cheated in the first place. Because when you do that, something's up. And work on that, please. Especially when their kid's involved. Just don't. No. You don't get to cheat and then get all high and mighty sacrificial. But for the children, uh uh. You made the choice to destroy the foundation that your supposed relationship family built on and staying together for the children when there's clearly a lot of shit not being dealt with or being dealt with in an unhealthy way. What kind of example are you setting? Hmm. Either take the time to work on it or separate and then work on yourself and show your kids that you're human, you can make mistakes, but at least you take accountability for your behavior and that you try to do better. That's the example that we as adults should all set for the youth of today because now all we do is very black and white. Holding someone accountable has taken on the toxic interpretation of accountability and warped it into cancel culture. When you cancel someone, you take away their ability to redeem themselves and we all love a good redemption are plus children know things they feel it your partner feels it we are highly intuitive especially with the people that you spend so much time with. kids feel tension the phrase that i grown to resent is that people say kids are so resilient no kids just have no coping skills yet or the cognitive capabilities to understand what's happening they pick up on the energies on the vibes they hear what's being said and the, the way it's being said and as you grow older you start to identify certain things certain patterns 
certain phrases the body remembers your brain stores it all got to be processed one way or another it's gonna come out one way or another and oftentimes it comes out through unhealthy coping strategies or functional behavior dysfunctional behavioral patterns and that's why it's so important to address what's bothering you because you're less likely to either reject the responsibility the accountability onto someone else or take up the mantle of victim and i think that's why that particular carl young quote hits home for me it's basically become my life's motto i'm not what has happened to me i am what i choose to become and i choose to not be a victim i am responsible for my healing process i am still responsible for my behavior resulting from the events that happened to me that had an impact on me that's where my accountability comes in like someone does something to you yeah the accountability for what happened is theirs taking accountability taking responsibility and empowerment i mean that's basic skills i notice a lot of parents get even with or without kids you should watch this disney movie inside out it really beautifully explains the emergence of the different emotions universal basic emotions happiness sadness fear disgust and anger and how your personality gets shaped and how your memory works a lot of people see anger as a bad emotion, like so many clients of mine genuinely labeled anger as a bad emotion. It really isn't a healthy emotion. It's an emotion that alerts you to your boundaries being infringed upon or crossed, that something is happening that you don't like. What you do with that emotion it's usually where you know you hit a little snack because then you get to the point where people become violent or destructive either to their surroundings be it a person or furniture or you know just self-destructive behavior such as cutting developing eating disorders substance abuse i think if we all learn identify our emotions disconnect emotion and feelings from thoughts and behavior that there are three separate things they influence each other greatly but you first have a thought that creates a feeling and that feeling and those thoughts lead to a particular behavior Behavior. And if you don't like the outcome of your behavior, something happened, you punched a wall, you punched a person, that's maybe not desirable behavior to repeat. So how could you have managed that particular situation differently? Could you have maybe walked away maybe earlier? Were you having unhelpful thoughts that only exacerbated the situation, your feelings, and thus your behavior? You can train to influence your thinking. You can train your thoughts to be more helpful. The most important part is know thyself. Figure out why you acted a certain way in a particular situation, especially if you don't like how you acted or the effect your behavior had on the particular situation or the people in it, around it. When someone is in a relationship and he decides to cheat on his partner instead of, I don't know, going up to their partner and saying, you know what, I'm not really feeling this anymore, I'm out. Or, you know what, this is not working for me, let's work on it. I mean, there are so many choices to be had here, people, other than cheating. And I mean, I can guess that shit can happen, getting swept up in the passion, the heat of the moment, but then own up to it, work on it, work on it with your partner. But if you hide it, it always changes your behavior. Even if you don't tell your partner, you know what you did, you carry that with you. And that subconsciously, consciously alters your behavior, that knowledge. So you might as well just fess up and try to salvage what's left. But if you just hide and build an illusion, create a mirage, that is not something you can build on. Some can take it very far for years, for decades, but then whatever you build is not real. Anything built on a lie is fragile because the moment that that lie gets exposed, everything that was built on top of that comes crashing down. Plus, you do the person that you either formally or informally sworn your heart to, your life to, a great disservice. It's usually the betrayal and the lying that hurts more than the actual act of cheating. 
I mean, we all get swept up in the heat of the moment. We're human, we make mistakes, but it's how you deal with that. And if you choose to take the coward's way out and lie and hide it, that ain't right. What it is, basically, is adding insult to injury. And I mean, you know, you could fess up and it could still cost you your relationship or your marriage, but at least then you show the person that you supposedly claim to love the respect that they deserve. Belatedly, but still, at least now you're giving them a choice. Plus, you can try to show them the kind of person that you want to be, a person that takes accountability for their fuck-ups, someone that tries to do better next time. But at least then you know that you are truthful, honest, honorable, and accountable for your own fuck-ups. All admirable traits. And who knows, it might even lead to reconciliation. Goodness, now that is what we call the brain fart train development that somehow still makes sense in full circle. But yeah, we went from allowing people a platform to share their experiences without getting bullied into silence, the focus of misdirected anger, misplaced anger, abuse, accountability, addiction, grief, cheating, parenting, cancel culture, personal anecdote, a little friend shout out, Carl Jung quote, a bit of cognitive behavioral therapy, and the movie recommendation. Find it all right here. Let's review with Leila. Truly am a jack of all traits, for better or worse. That was a whole existential exposition. Fringes that kind of blue Monday, indeed. Lord have mercy. Let's wrap it up. There's a post by Impact that 2022 was the deadliest year on record for police brutality in the United States since they started tracking the killings in 2013. Multiple a day. There were only 12 days in 2022 where police didn't kill someone. Holy crap. That is not normal, people. That's a choice. <laughs> Monica Lewinsky posts on Instagram that today is the 25th anniversary of Survivor's Day, the scariest and most traumatic day of her life, when she was stung by the FBI and learned of the star investigation that would lead to Bill Clinton's impeachment. 25 years ago. I remember that. <laughs> I still can't believe that they impeached him over them, and then they impeached Trump and didn't actually impeach him twice. It's not even- it fucking sounds like fiction. But she lived it. <laughs> Another good one by Dino and Comics. One dinosaur asks two other dinosaurs, how did you two meet? And they respond, at a party. On the dance floor? No, we were both standing awkwardly in the same corner. <laughs> I shouldn't identify with this, but I do. I'm good in small crowds and my people, but usually at parties, no. Too much people. It, it really depends on the people, on the crowd, on the setting. But yeah, parties, me. Not my first choice. I can be. I will never see the life of the party, but I can have great fun at a party. But usually it's with a few people. That's also something as a neurodivergent introvert person. Hashtag life hack. Take your own car. That way you always have an exit. Just to know that you call it quits at any time gives you such peace of mind. When I go to a party, usually I'm quite reluctant to go. However, when I get there and I find some people that I can connect with, I can even stay late. But if I don't, yeah, I'm definitely that person in the corner. Usually I just get drawn to animals or children. <laughs> They're my happy place. More actual connecting. Less fake people and peacocking. Welcome to Tuesday, January 17th. Global news. Italy's passed a new law that makes it more difficult to rescue boat migrants by eight organizations. Long missions, during which eight organizations rescue several groups of people in succession, are now prohibited. Whoa. The NGOs must now return to a safe haven with each group of people individually. If they find a boat that holds just three people and they pass a boat that holds ten people, they are not allowed to stop from the boat with ten people. If they fail to do so, they risk a fine of ten to fifty thousand euros. Again, where is your humanity? This isn't a cruise that people are taking. You don't do this if you feel like you have any other choice. Stop villainizing refugees. You know the conditions these people are exposed to. We have a part in that. And just, oh, this pisses me off so much. 
Then on to Dutch news, there's a lot of it today, apparently. Our Prime Minister and the Minister for Foreign Affairs will be visiting the United States President Biden this afternoon. The conversation is going to be mainly about the trade of high-tech company ASML with China. America wants to drastically limit ASML's trade with China. This is part of a larger plan with, with which America not only wants to keep China at a disadvantage, but actually wants to prevent the country from developing technologically at all, especially the military. Okay? Again, tiny country. Big global role. How do we do it? something new today. Apparently, we have Abortion Buddies. It's an initiative that was started to ensure that no one has to walk past the demonstrators at clinics alone. Protesters who are against abortion regularly gather at many abortion clinics in the Netherlands. I didn't know that, that we had Abortion Buddies. Apparently, that's an, it's nowhere near in every city, but right on. If I'd known that, I can be your abortion buddy if you need it. Really, I've never had, I consider having to have an abortion, but you know, as a young girl does, you think about it. I had one pregnancy scare, but luckily that was scared. Learned my lesson after that one. I'm messing around unprotected with the guy that you have zero interest in building anything. If something does happen, we ladies have to bear the brunt of that. It's not an easy decision to make, and people should not threaten and harass women walking in clinic. That is already a very difficult walk to make without an audience. Thank you very much. Especially with the world as it is, and women bearing the entire responsibility of having to either keep or try not to get pregnant at all. Men need to do their part. Come on, Baba. Snip, snip them tubes. It's easily reversed. I know a guy that had it done, and then 10, 15 years later, he had them untied, and he had two more babies. So, you know, guys, step up, do your part, and maybe there will be less unwanted pregnancy. Mm. Support your women when they do get pregnant and they want an abortion. You are, have a right to an opinion. She has the ultimate beat. It's her body. Okay, for the upcoming section, major disclaimer for child sexual abuse, rape, and just all things nasty and evil. Update on the court case against the two babysitters that sexually abused the children in their care. Even though the plan was to show images in court today, the judge decided against showing the images reported by the man and the woman who are said to have abused seven young children who were between the ages of one and six. The two were active as nannies. The suspects could continue for a year and a half until one of the parents saw images from the nursery that their two-year-old daughter was being abused. God, to discover that? Anyone's child but to your own child, I commend your restraint. Really? Yeah. Wow. Female defendant registered with two babysitting websites. She said she'd prefer to babysit children under the age of four. The thinking behind this was that the girls wouldn't remember anything and wouldn't resist. Uh-huh. Hmm. And the woman engaged in sexual acts and filmed herself. As far as they can gather, the videos have not been distributed online. Let's hope that that's true. The thinking behind it, the conniving insidiousness of it all, the meditation that went into this, like actively seeking the ages where they are verbally, and that's the only thing, they are verbally unable to communicate what's happened to them but the body remembers and for a court to decide that the images were just too horrifying to show like i said i admire your restraint but when treating addiction we also treated sex addictions and i specifically told my manager if one of our clients has a history of sexual abuse in particular child sexual abuse i refuse to treat them i'm sorry you deserve treatment please get treatment because that's not normal and that is very dangerous and very damaging for all parties involved but that is one area in life that if you consciously, intentionally, premeditatively, is that a word? Go after children. That's one area where I have no, I can't treat because I'm incapable of staying professionally detached. And I do want these people to get treatment because we all know that they exist. And I mean, further, they are able to talk about it than to act on those urges and to get treated for it. But I know I can't. I can't remain professional when someone is telling me about their fantasies about molesting a child. I'm sorry, I can't. I'm 
I'm not a parent, and even without having my own children, like, I lose all perspective. I just see red. For someone to abuse that trust, to abuse the trust that the parents either put in you or the, the, the fact that you are able to have children and this is what you do with, you just can't. And as a therapist, yes, of course, I know the perpetrator experienced abuse, most likely sexual abuse, or was exposed to inappropriate sexual behaviors before they were able to put it into the proper context and distinguish between healthy and unhealthy sexual behaviors. I understand that and I recognize that and I acknowledge that and just please, if you had something like that happen to you, seek help. There is help. If you don't seek help, the chances of you going from survivor perpetrator are significant. Try to heal from the trauma that you were exposed to. It doesn't have to define you. You can still be a person with healthy relationships, with healthy coping strategies, becoming a happy and healthy person. You can learn to find a way to live with it without it damaging you and or others further. Because if you don't, you are doomed to repeat the past. It's the same if you don't process your own past and you become a parent that you, if you haven't worked through your own childhood issues, you are doomed to either overexert yourself in the other direction, like become the exact opposite that if, if you had very strict parents you become a very enabling parent and thus give children hardly any boundaries and thus you create monsters that don't understand and will listen to the word now or you create monsters by repeating the pattern and setting very strict boundaries and the second they're out of your sight they become monsters because you gotta let loose somehow do understand that people that are sexually abused become sexual abusers and i like i said i fully believe that they deserve a proper and good treatment plan i just also know i'm not the one to provide it. That is one thing I cannot deal with. As a professional, I can't function as an impartial therapist. And I think it's good to know your limits. This one for me is a hard limit. As of today, discrimination on the grounds of disability or sexual orientation is explicitly prohibited. Wait, it wasn't before? Alright. 56 senators voted in favor, 15 against. Hmm. Okay. Explain that to me. The 15 against votes, that is. Until now, Article 1 of the Constitution prohibited discrimination on the grounds of religion, belief, political opinion, race, sex, or any other ground. You know, to cover your base. I mean, how was this not already explicitly part of the Constitution? Better late than never, I guess, but 15 still voted no? I don't like you. Just, I don't even know you. I don't know your name. I don't know anything else about you but if you vote no on this one we got issue they've decided enough is enough, unions are now going to court to enforce financial compensation for healthcare workers who've become incapacitated for work due to long COVID. The government has so far refused to provide assistance to remove the urgent financial need that has arisen for these healthcare workers, the unions say. They should receive financial compensation. The amount was previously paid to other personnel with occupational diseases, such as people who developed lung problems or cancer due to their work. However, our government currently still refuses to pay our healthcare workers who contracted long COVID during the height of the the pandemic where there was a chronic shortage of masks the ffp2 masks we should have given them all to our healthcare workers because they had an essential occupation and they couldn't not go to work but at the same time they shouldn't have had to go to work without proper protection because they not only risked their own health they risked the health of their families and eventually of course these people went to work because they felt a responsibility but then now for our government to simply just ignore these people wow governments all over the world really do always give a fuck you to veterans, to essential healthcare workers, and the injuries that they have incurred while performing their duties. Unbelievable. Maddening. And one of the very reasons why I just, I cannot work with these people. I will kill people. Either verbally, mentally, emotionally. And if that all doesn't work, physically. So, not only for my own protection, but for other people's protection, I am not in politics. Just FYI. <laughs>
anything and everything was better than having no masks whatsoever and we didn't have shit and our government downplayed the whole risk of COVID as is. And these people are seriously still being denied any proper financial compensation and yet they are unable to provide for themselves because they can't work. Because they contracted an illness that our government who demanded that they go back to work to do their job because they had an essential occupation but they did not protect them and they did not keep them safe and now afterwards refused to help them and compensate them for their sacrifice. That's just, that makes me so angry. They all just said oh no it's okay you can go you can do it. Well weren't given any other option than to go back to work and expose themselves, expose their families to this illness that was killing hundreds of thousands of people, disabling hundreds of thousands, millions of people, and now they are too stuck up to pony up. Unbelievable, truly. Thank God for unions, honestly. <laughs> And on to personal news. Today I wore my Yes We Can stand shirt underneath my sweater. Felt like I might need it and fuck me did I ever. Because it finally happened. I snapped. Or broke. I almost started to cry at my job today. I am not the kind of person that cries in public. If I cry in public, you know we are a DEFCON 1. So this situation could definitely be signified as a DEFCON 2. At my job, clients went out of their way and behind my back to come after me personally and my career. Even after I took care of them as best I could and their daughter was receiving the care that she needed. From the get-go, these parents just not seem to understand that when something bad happens to your child, I would love nothing more to be able for your child to come in on a Tuesday and to be sitting down with a specialist on a Thursday. And sorry to burst your bubble, but that is not the world we live in, if only. In this particular case, there was a caregiver who failed and lacked the humility and the humanity to acknowledge that they didn't possess enough capabilities to, to further help this child, even though she needed it. And as soon as I became aware of this, I acted on it. And I found a caregiver who could give her the additional help that she needed. You're supposed to be able to admit that if you can't provide someone with the help that they need, provide them with what's best for them, you have the humility, the humanity to say, I'm sorry, you need more than I can offer you. Let me find someone that can help you in a way that I am currently unable to. That is what, as a caregiver, as a professional, you are supposed, you are fucking ethically bound to do. And in this case, also by law, bound to provide. And they just could not give a crap. But sure, come after me and my name and my career. And that just, after everything I did for them, after everything that's happened while working here, and then for them to make it personal and go behind my back, I just lose all respect for you. Once you do that, we are done. If you piss me off or you hurt the people that I love, hide. Because then my INFG side that I could quite easily weaponize if I were to choose to do so. I mean, we INFGs, we can be dangerous. I think we oftentimes get underestimated. To paint you a picture of famous INFGs, we have Nelson Mandela, who was an INFG, but apparently Adolf Hitler was also an INFG. So, yeah. We can play nice, you know, hugs all around. However, when you piss us off, and I'm a Scorpio to boot, so hi there, we can become vicious. It's still a professional setting, so of course I will remain professional, but just between me and my co-workers, ooh, I had to vent. I mean, I reiterate, this is the whole reason I am not in politics, because I'm very passionate, I am very verbally skilled, and I store and file everything away for a rainy day, and if you piss me off, I can become vicious. And that is not particularly a side of myself that I like. 
and I always try to do it with my moral compass still firmly intact. But I also know if I'm continuously put in situations where people just frustrate me to no end, I will do myself and others a disservice because then it becomes a toxic trait and I become just a big ball of rage that burns everything to the ground, including myself. So for me, it's very clear I must not use my powers for destruction because, like I said, I'm very well aware that I'm very skilled at that if I wanted to be. And my motivation needs to stay firmly on the side of creation and not destruction. Because if I don't, we all lose. Now reminding me of the Dumbledore quote that I always really loved. It is our choices that show what we truly are far more than our abilities. So if I gotta choose between Mandela and Hitler, I'm going with the Mandela end of the spectrum. Thank you very much. Luckily, my co-worker quickly reminded me not to feel defeated. I worked so god-awful hard for these people and that this was just, just not okay. I mean, they didn't even file a complaint with a municipality or with the team I worked for. They just came after me personally. Because yes, to them, I represented everything that, that they disagreed with. These parents bypassed the official route where you file a complaint when you're unsatisfied with the care that you receive. Instead, they went out of their way to look me up, to look up who recruited me, to look up who dispatched me to this client, to this municipality, and write them an email about how I suck. Cruder called me out of the blue and said, um, are you aware of these people? And I was like, yeah. She said, do you know that they emailed us? I said, no. She said, yeah, they had a complaint about your work. So she asked if they had filed an, a complaint via the official route, and I told her no. So then she was like, well, okay, y'all deal with this, because this is not for channels. I mean, this was a first for all of us. Personally, I could have gone without this particular experience. Just thank fuck I'm about to leave, because I cannot take much more of this, honestly. <laughs> Then the last post to finish off this god-awful day. Today of all days, seeing that particular post by Freud intensifies of Cruella. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that today. How do people do this, honestly? To view the post I'm referring to, check out my Instagram account, Let's Review with Layla and You. And then suddenly the podcast was already almost 90 minutes long and we're only halfway through the week. Yeah, I need to reconfigure this setup. But these were very important topics for me to share, to discuss, bring themes in my life that I really do wonder how other people experience similar things or feel about this. So instead of cutting it down as is right now, I chose to split the episode. So this is the end of episode four, part one. See y'all back here for part two.